Good evening and welcome to another edition of 48 Shades of Football, everyone's favourite English language podcast about the K-League. My name is Mark and I'm joined tonight uh, by Paul. Paul, you're looking a, a little bit forlorn, a, a, little bit, a little bit glum. I hear one of your all-time favourite players is back in the country. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, you're not Nicole, I apologise. You're Paul, that's right. Um, so I guess... We'll get to who I'm talking about in a minute, but you did choose the intro music based on on your love for such a for said player, right? Yeah, uh, Unilock's return to the K League after a, a year in Japan. Okay, um, but somewhat surprisingly, he's not come back to Seoul. So he he has in fact returned to the island. He's well, not returned to the island, but he's went to to the island. Uh, he he joined up at Jeju. Um, we can go into it now or we can get to it after we go through the agenda but that's got to be a, a strange one for you as a Seoul fan right and having Che as the manager it's, it's kind of made even doubly strange in my book yeah because uh, in his last season here he was obviously sort of almost the assist king right he, well he was apparently the number one assist assistee assistor um, very frustrating player but you can't argue with the stats that he got that season. That earned him a move over to Yokohama in Japan. Um, things didn't go so well for him there. I think he spent a lot of time uh, on the bench, only made 11 starts, uh, and now they've loaned him back to Cheju. Um, I can't say that I'm particularly disappointed that he's not coming back. I'm just wondering why he's not coming back, because it seems obvious that, if, especially if he's going to come, if it's only a loan, they'd loan him back to the, the club where he came from. I mean, it's not even just... As you said, I mean, you would imagine they would loan him back to the club he came from. Uh, he would also be back to to Che as well. I mean, he had that great season under under Huang, I, I guess. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, what FC Seoul have tried to sign Han Sung Gyu failed. Um, you know, you could imagine that they were looking for the, well, they were obviously looking for midfielders. So quite quite why they didn't snap up one who who would have maybe ran through a brick wall for them is it is a little bit weird. So I'm wondering if they if he was offered and they turned it down or if it was never on the table. But, but you've got to imagine that Jeju didn't decide just out of nowhere to contact Yokohama and see if you know Rock was free, right? Yeah. So maybe there's something there that maybe I don't know players moving backwards and forwards or something I don't know. But I mean, you'd even have thought Osmar coming back would have been able to say, "Hey, you know, Rock didn't play very many games, uh, didn't start very many games uh, last year. Maybe he's available." Uh, just seems a strange one. Just seems really strange that he would not end up at FC. So because you assume that a bunch of players also keep contact through Kakao or whatever. So you just said, "Like, oh, not very happy here in Yokohama. Any chance I could get back to Seoul?" So say that to Park Ji Young or whoever, and you'd assume that informal queries would have been made at least. Unless the player himself couldn't wait to get out of so that is the other option, right? Um, maybe he was the one who engineered the move and maybe he, he has no intention of ever coming back, but it's still, it's still a strange one for me. And then the other thing was, we talked a couple of weeks ago about Sol negotiating with this Serbian striker and that's all gone quiet as well. Well, yeah, because, I mean, I guess we don't know who was allegedly leaving anyway, right? Matic. Matic left, right? They so, cancelled his contract. So they do have a have a spare slot. They've got the slot. They, I, I assume they created the slot for this on the assumption this guy was going to come in. And then, and then they were just negotiating, negotiating. And now, no, no, no news at all. So, I mean, it's, it's the same from Tanchon as well. I mean, they, we were pretty busy in the first few weeks. Uh, now that we're getting closer to the, to the start of the season, there a whole lot is happening. Uh, I guess we've been all just sitting waiting on the the, the best trip in K1 being being launched. <laughs> uh, that's going to be this week or next week, I guess, right? That's when the strips start coming in, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's you know Rock done. Any other big transfer news before we get on to, I guess, the Asian Cup final, uh, I guess, the K2, because uh, the K2 fixes have been out since we last recorded, and you've got a whole bunch of stats that you want to translate for me, right? Uh, I don't know what I want to translate for you, but there was... You're going to show me them at least anyway. I think the, the K-leading made a lot of effort to put this thing together, so we ought to talk about it for an hour or so. Okay, okay, well, maybe not. <laughs> um, so, any other transfer news? I guess the big, the only other big news is that, well, not big news, but is that today, uh, well, last week, um, which Joe will talk about 
when we go when we get the the K two segment. But last week, uh, Suwon FC completed their or filled their foreign slot by signing Estonian uh, SPL journeyman Henri Arnier, who has played for four Scottish clubs and has scored two goals across those four clubs. Is he a keeper? <laughs> Not for any of those clubs, he wasn't. Um, so he he joined up last year, uh, last week even. Uh, another news is that Incheon United are well. It depends on which country you're sitting based in. But the sports chosen are reporting that Incheon are close to signing a Vietnamese player. But if you are sitting in Thailand right now, listening to this, then your media is reporting that he's joining Buriram. So I guess it might be one of those, let's link him with a few different leagues and see if we can get a big move somewhere else like Vietnam. Yeah. So we'll see if, if anything um, kind of comes out of that one. But... Inchon, I've already had one Vietnamese player. Uh, I believe he played all of three minutes uh, in the cup or something, right? But he, but at the end of the day, Inchon fans did get a Vietnamese four truck outside. And by four, I don't mean fake. I mean four as in Kalguksu, Salguksu, Salguksu. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, I guess speaking of Vietnam, speaking of the K League, um, I guess we should rake over the coals. It was pretty much a disastrous. Asian Cup or would you talk about the final well I should talk about Korea's uh, tame exit <laughs> tame is putting it politely Paul I think only conceding one to Qatar is a good by peninsula standard given the, the Norks conceded six to the same team ok yeah fair enough even, even Japan conceded three right uh, yeah three in the final uh, strange one uh, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about a couple of the Qatari players being ineligible, and uh, particularly uh, Alali Moser, is it? The guy who scored the overhead kick uh, yeah. again, the first goal against Japan. Um, but Korea were poor. I mean, it's like what we talked about on previous podcasts, you know, our Korea better with Son Young Min. We all know my opinion, so I don't need to give it again. Um, but definitely they looked like a team, I don't know if I want to say that were disinterested but they definitely didn't have the passion let's say that they had during the Asian the Asian games uh, could only imagine a certain gold medal and no khaki uh, reward might have inspired that but they looked like a team that were playing at the end of a really long season uh, they looked tired in the game that they lost to Qatar Son Young members clean through if he'd been wearing a white Spurs shirt, he'd have scored it. Uh, Wangy Joe was clean through. Had he been wearing the red in the Asian Games, he'd have scored it. Uh, so I'm not just blaming Son. I think Wangy Joe was also pretty, pretty dire uh, throughout the tournament as well. But Son, no goals in the Asian Cup. Back to Spurs. Two goals in his first two matches. Landed. Uh, in, in London whisked straight to the stadium scored and assisted or something right in the first and within 24 hours or something right pretty much um, yeah and then scored again the weekend yeah uh, pff, uh, no comment um, I mean there's only so much of Pock knows how to play him that you can that you can run with before you have to really question is he just maybe not suited for international football or Korean international football, let's say. I think if that... I, I, yeah, I don't think he deserves to be called up. He's, he's not... What has he ever done in a Korean shirt? Um, faced away from an important penalty. <laughs> Ran and celebrated with Kim Hagbom when he got out of military service. Scored, scored a goal against Germany, I guess. Uh, he, 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 <laughs> he just he just scored that one. He just he just sneaked that one in the in the in the near post, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I would agree. If, if you look at so recently, we've had the retirement uh, to quote the Phantom uh, of Key and Ku. Yep. Uh, only one of them I actually think deserves to retire. I mean, I think you could you could argue that Key Sung Young has. Um, has put in a fair enough shift as captain. I mean, he got military exemption back in Olympic Games. You know, that he's he's went on to captain his team in the, the Asian Cup twice now uh, in the World Cup. Uh, got, to, got to say, I think he's he's maybe just earned the right to call it a day. You could also argue that 
being diagnosed with a a minor a minor ankle injury and it turned out to be a hamstring or vice versa by the doctor probably didn't help him or, or maybe helped him make his decision uh, Kuda Chow hasn't done a whole lot to be perfectly honest in a Korean shirt either he's retired as well um, should Son retire? yes okay not a whole lot of arguments from, from me on that one unless unless Pochettino becomes the new Korean manager <laughs> then yes I mean there's been a lot of talk about you know, Bento, and I think a lot of Bento's call-ups were wrong. I think, you know, Jidon Won and Kuta Cho, I mean, bringing them off the bench when they were losing to Qatar, as if they were going to save anything, I think is pretty ridiculous. Uh, he did get some injuries, obviously, he was injured. Um, a few other players, key players injured as well, but I do think some of his tactics and his team selection and his man management looked pretty poor. Uh, so I'm not, I don't think it's been a... So are you on the, are you on the one of the ones that thinks he should be fired? I mean, I'm aware it's like one defeat in 11 or something, mm-hmm. but out of those one defeat in 11, about five of them friendlies. I mean... But we were praising him for, even though they were friendlies, there were some not not so easy ones and they were yeah. playing quite attractive football compared to the, the, the early days. But I think when he got to the actual tournament itself, I think he blew it. Um, I mean, his primary credentials are how well he did before school wasn't Ronaldo in that team um, uh, I don't know I'm not saying that. I don't think he should be fired no I would say I think that might be a knee jerk reaction ever so slightly uh, I don't think he should be fired but I do think if you look at it certain people uh, in, in K-League reporting let's say or, or, or blogging whatever we want to say I mean certain people you know were right after Shin Young immediately after the World Cup fire him fire him fire him some people, some of those same people now seem to be saying that Bento should be given an opportunity. You could argue that the disaster of, of the World Cup was not as bad as the humiliation of, of the Asian Cup. Uh, you could argue that, but you'd be wrong. I don't think so. I think like beating Germany, losing to Sweden and Mexico is probably expected. Not beating Germany, perhaps, but a tournament, the Korea were definitely, definitely pre, pre-tournament, one of the pre-tournament favourites. They should not be bowing out in a quarterfinal so, but still less humiliating than Iran's fate now that was more of a more of a, uh, a shock or a, more of a surprise yeah but I mean we talked about it in the in the preview magazine that like we talked about it on the shows I mean Korea also had a pretty easy uh, run as well guess that not not so easy in the end um, but yeah I was surprised that Iran fell I was surprised that Australia you know didn't make the last four either, right? Um, but Japan got there. The final was Japan Qatar. Yep. Did you watch many of the games? Uh, no, I totally forgot it was on. To be honest. Okay. I mean, Japan got to the final by yeah, embarrassing Iran. Was it four two, four one in the end? Uh, one of the goals was their own fault, though, right? Yeah. Because they they stopped playing because they thought it was a a foul. Well, they thought it wasn't a foul, so they went to protest that it wasn't a foul. The referee never gave a foul anyway, so the J- Japanese guy had a free cross into the centre. Uh, it was a well-taken header in the end, but yeah. play the whistle, lads, play the whistle. I mean, I, I watched the first half of the final, uh, Friday past. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Qatar were good, good, for, their, good for their first half lead, let's say. Um, then Japan put it back to 2-1 it was a rather dodgy VAR decision can't quite remember which one it was but it, it could have had it gone Japan's way um, you know we, we could have seen a different result but in the end Qatar finished at 3-1 I think it was in the end right yep um, top, I mean, top scorers in the competition yep they finished the tournament on something ridiculous like 19-1 that's the first goal they conceded right yep. yeah um, and to be honest, anyone who has the balls to attempt that overhead kick in a final of a continental international tournament deserves to win it, to be perfectly honest. So worthy winners for you? Yep, 100%. I think I, I watched a few of their games and yeah, they were the team of the tournament. There were other teams that disappointed. Australia were shockingly bad. Iran bottled it. Korea, we've discussed, were terrible. Probably a few other teams that I thought might have been better as well. China were poor, Vietnam weren't exactly great either uh, at times. But 
you can't deny the fact that Qatar. You can't. I mean, nineteen one is that's how you win a tournament, right? I mean, if, you, if that's if you, if you go through, if that's how you go through the tournament, then yeah, you deserve winners. Didn't look very good against Korea, though, did they? I think they played a, a particular way and did enough. Uh, I mean, I think they were probably expecting Korea to be more of a more of a danger, more of a threat. I think had they played against Korea the way they played that first half against Japan, they'd probably have destroyed them. To be honest, I think they they maybe thought Korea were going to give them more of a more of a challenge than they did. But good, I mean, good tournament. Did, did you watch much of it? You didn't have JTBC three, obviously, but did you watch enough of it to comment on whether you thought it was a, a good tournament? We'll get to VAR in a second, but um, I watched a lot of it on my phone, which is never ideal. Um, and obviously, a lot of the games were after bedtime, so unless it was a South Korean one, I didn't bother staying up for those. Okay, but I, I enjoyed what I what I did watch. Um, there were people clamouring to bring it back down to a 16-team tournament and get rid of some of the dross. Um, I don't agree with that. I think it's good to expand it and give give some of the, the, the mid-tier teams more opportunities to play competitive football. You could argue that Qatar have shown that, right? Yeah, I mean, apart from North Korea, every, every all the other teams were competitive yeah. in, in at least one or two of their matches, right? I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I watched most of the games that, that I could. I didn't watch every single game, but I watched generally at least some of every game, at least some of the games I wanted to anyway. So, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a good tournament. Uh, definitely seen a lot worse. I thought the World Cup was particularly, meh. Come, yeah. I thought the Asian Cup was probably uh, no no worse than the World Cup. VAR came in late on. Yeah. Did you see any of the decisions made by VAR? Uh... I saw one which was controversial on Twitter. I can't remember what it was now. It's a long time ago. I think everyone was controversial. Uh, Japan equalised immediately after Qatar scored, I think it was. Uh, it was chopped off for handball. Uh, I think if you... I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think if you slow motion any... If you var any handball um, decision, you're going to get it falling in the in the, in the the way of... It being a penalty, I think any any handball slowed down enough on VAR is going to result in it looking like it was a, a definite a definite penalty. I mean, most decisions, most tackles might go that way as well. I had an interesting chat with uh, Paul Murphy, a guy from Thailand. Um, he's actually a Celtic fan. He he but he knows a lot about Thai football. Um, writes a few Guardian, I think I can't remember. And he he wrote an article uh, during the World Cup about how. You know, VAR in that situation should really only be used for goal-scoring opportunities. Um, if the player is away from goal, if the player is not facing goal, then maybe VAR should be used and the decision should be a free kick. But a free kick from a designated area in the box, for example. Uh, not where you do something, you play it back, you think, oh, that could be a handball, you watch it five times, could be, might not be, and your decision is, yeah, I'm going to give a game-changing penalty. Or a game-changing foul against the team that just scored or whatever. So I think, yeah, definitely, for me, I think that would be something worth exploring. I think right now, all the VAR decisions, not all, but a lot of the ones in the World Cup and a lot of the ones in the Asian Cup were huge game-changing, controversial decisions. Um, Even more so than some of the draws that we see in the K-League. Well, we'll get on to VAR in the K-League in just a second. Before we stop talking about Asian Cup, one thing I want to say... Four years' time might be held in Korea. Okay. Uh, I checked to see where the next one's going to be because normally these things are sorted out well in advance. The Asian Cup's not been decided. It's either going to be in Korea or China. If it's in Korea, will you go to a lot of games? Will you still be here in four years? I will be here in four years, yes. Will we still be doing the pod- podcast in four years? I'll still be here in four years, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I'll be at the games. Of course I'll be at the games. I'll be at any game that's near me, wherever I am living at that point in time. Do they play games in Busan? <laughs> I'm sure they'll... Uh, I'll be in Jeju by then. I'll be in my Jeju hog one. Well, we've got the, the East Asian Football Federation Cup to look forward to in December, right? Yep, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, none of those games are in Seoul until you get to the final. Yep, I'm looking forward to the final. Uh, but Korea versus Hong Kong's at, at Koyang. So ah. someone was talking about Koyang the other day on Twitter. Yep, the Phantom was up there at the weekend. So you went we, to see some netball, basketball, volleyball. I don't know, some involved in a ball. Some involving a ball and about five cans of cast. So we can go and see uh, Korea versus Hong Kong in mid-December in Koyang. 
that that'll be that'll be pleasant. <laughs> like three people in that stadium. Actually, strange enough, I was probably there. I was there for the Asian Games five years ago. Then four years ago, then whenever I guess it would have been, uh, I went to see uh, Saudi Arabia versus pff, Yemen or someone. Can't even remember now. Thailand. That may have been terrible game. But anyway, I basically there was two. It was one ticket did all day, so we saw two games. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll probably go through. I definitely want to try and watch as, as many games as I can. Any games that, that are close by or weekends or whatever. Yep. Okay. Um, just before I interrupt you, you were starting talking about VAR. Yep. Obviously, as you said, there's been a lot of uh, controversial dis- uh, decisions in the K League. But the K League have listened and they've started doing this monthly VAR report where it's like a 10-minute a video where they go through each VAR dis, uh, decision during the month and explain why the decision was what it was. Okay. Uh, I think that's pretty good, right? Because one of the things that, uh, particularly in the, well, for people in the ground, is that you never know what's happened and why it's happened, right? Yeah. Uh, and even sometimes when you see the replays, it's still not clear. But the fact they've got some uh, football expert lady to come on and go through each and say, this is the, this is this. Okay. That's got to be applauded, no? It's got to be, yeah. When you said a football expert, I was with you all the way thinking it was everyone's favourite American player for Ulsan, uh, who's obviously a bit of an expert on VAR. Um, but it, when you said lady, I was still probably with you a little bit. Uh, but I guess it's not him. I guess it's not uh, everyone's favourite American who plays for Ulsan and Man City. No. Don't worry, he doesn't listen. It's like the combo at the, uh, the horse racing. You've got the, the expert, who's the woman, and then you've got the phantom, who's the, uh, the totty. Oh, he is the totty indeed. <laughs> Which reminds me of that amazing sky scene that's going about where the guy in the studio's like, yeah, we're going to go and talk to so-and-so at the stables. Oh, I see you're joined by a lovely lady. He goes, it's a bloke, Graham. <laughs> and it's this really weird-looking guy with blonde, blonde, blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> it just reminded me of I wonder if the Phantom ever does that uh, there's no lady here um, okay um, so I guess next up we're, we're going to you, you want to move talk about K-League or you want to talk about K2 you want to look at this team uh, of the week well you had a, a chat with Joe the other day I did indeed um, should we insert that here yep so basically I sat down with Joe on Sunday Sunday past uh, we discussed in a pub over a pint and a pub over a couple of pints actually yeah uh, so, it was so like episode 3 not, the quality's not the best then <laughs> it was like episode 3 all over again um, but yeah we, we talked all things K2 mostly mostly focused on Sumo FC uh, discussed uh, a little bit about uh, Kid B as well and so yeah I guess we'll throw it in right now take it away Joe and uh, yeah everyone enjoy uh, good evening, I'm joined again with uh, by Joe, Chief in Korea. It's the uh, first time I've talked since I think the end of last season. Must be about that, yes. You've been, obviously, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, Happy Salah, as it is right now. Same to you, mate. Uh, you've been home and back, you're all refreshed and ready for another season of K2 fantasticness. I was when I came back, but that was about three weeks ago, so yeah, I don't know now. So, uh, I mean, so basically, today is where I can chat a little bit about, you know, what you think about the K2, you know, like 2019, obviously, but we've got John Am coming down. I mean, like, you know, Sue won a whole host of, a whole rack of changes again. Um, kind of like, obviously, it's your second season now, the last season, you know, maybe you had lofted expectations or lower expectations, that kind of thing, yeah? So I guess if we, if we could start, the fixture this are out. Yeah. Uh, first, first game, I'm right in saying you're away to Buchan. That's right, yeah. Um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting back into it, yeah. I mean, as you know, the K2, you can throw a blanket over most teams, so I have no idea what to expect. But yeah, looking forward to getting back to the football. So, will you be going through to Buchan? Yes. Okay. Do you have to go? Or, or do you think, is this one of your choice games? Away games are choice games. Okay. Home games are pretty much the, the youth team have to go to home games unless they have a game themselves. But away okay. games is choice. Okay, sweet. So obviously that I mean that's the start. I mean, how do you think you're going to start? I mean, like last season we actually met in the first two one game last season, uh, which was I'm right in saying it was a pretty dire one 0 victory over Ireland or something. I think. That's right. Kim Dong Chan actually scored. He scored and then got injured immediately afterwards. I yes, think. Right. He played about twenty minutes after that whole <laughs> season. So I mean, like, do you think 
Sumo don't go after a better star. I mean, they are, I don't mean a better star, but you know, that you think they'll go after a winning star again against Butchon. I mean, Butchon have lost Pop. That's right. Pop's yeah. back to Brazil. Yeah. I haven't really seen. They've also lost. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name, but Godman Ho. The guy who was also right. kind of scoring a lot of goals. I think most of uh, those two did score most of the yeah. goals. Um, well, it's hard to tell though. I mean, every club is such a turnover of players. You've you no idea if they're improving or getting worse. Yeah. Um, away games also were a strong point last year, so I'm not overly confident. But it'll be the time where I think we'll get an idea of where we're going. But yeah, who knows what will happen. So like you mentioned there, I mean, we'll, we'll, get, only, we'll get on to away games in, in a little bit, but you mentioned there about you know, the, the turnover players. Last year, um, a lot of people were actually tipping Sue on to be title winners or at the very least, you know, the, the kind of runners-up, right? Um, you know, they went down the road of the MLB, yeah. as they were called. I think, I think all three of them are a bit of a flop yeah. uh, by the end. Uh, this year, they've... They've looked in the other areas again. They've brought in a Nigerian striker from, from Sweden. Sweden's second tier. Yeah. And uh, they've brought in, I, I guess, a man that we should know, but I guess we've been in Korea for so long that we don't. But Henri Anier. Anier, yeah. Uh, who basically has played for Mullable, Cali Thistle, Hibs, and then the United. That's right, yeah. And I think he scored four goals in total. Something like that. <laughs> so. I do remember him basically in one game. I don't know how it must be now. Uh, he seemed like a pest more like a goal scorer yeah. so we'll see what happens I mean I think I said this to you last week like, I, I do remember taking control of uh, Hibs uh, in football manager and he was one of the players in the team because I remember there being an Estonian in the team um, so I mean it's a different it's a different market again you know, somewhere uh, you know a couple of years ago uh, Suwon brought in, I think it was Sisi, his name was, uh, from Spain. You know, they, they also brought in Adrian Lair, they, they brought in like Valdar, whatever his name was, you know. So they've had a Bruce. few. The, the team of those yeah. Things. So they've, they've kind of went into different markets. You think this will be, I mean, obviously it's too early without seeing them, but do you, do you think this will be more successful than the MLB idea? Yeah, again, it's it's really hard to know. Like they brought in uh, the Nigerian Chisholm Egubuchalong, I'm not sure about his second name, sorry about that. Uh, and Annie is out and out forwards. I believe the North Korean or the, the North Korean, the guy with North Korean ancestry from Japan is also a forward. And the other corner is uh, Sebastian Velazquez, Colombian, who's been playing in the, the second tier of US football, I believe. So, again, they seem to be. The foreigners that are bringing us more attacking-wise, um, and obviously scoring goals is a big problem last year round. So we can only hope that they do better. But it's, it's one of those things: how will they settle in? Uh, will they play a different formation? Because uh, also the the new captain, Big Song Dong, uh, who was before I came, I thought he was going to be the golden boy. Um, he's an attacking player. So yeah. how are they going to fit them all in again? And this kind of stuff remains to be seen. So what you're basically saying is that Sue and FC are the John Book of the K2, right? Just signing forwards. Just signing forwards. Well, actually, they've signed quite a few defenders. Those don't see signed many midfielders apart from the Colombian. Um, yeah. But again, there was like, I think 11 or 12 players out at the end of the season. They brought in a similar amount, but I'd say half of those are university or high school students. Yeah. So I don't think that's a big problem because we've got squad sizes of 40 here and it's ridiculous yeah. um, we got Desmond with like 50, 58 I think Desmond had at, at one point at, at the end of last season right? so um, again is it, we're blind because you don't get to see friendlies yeah. well it's hard to see friendlies that kind of stuff so uh, the first couple of weeks of the season will tell us at the moment who knows Okay. I mean, I mean obviously play of the, well fans play of the year I think it was right the goalkeeper that has gone uh, he's yeah. Jumped the fence, uh, so to speak. Right. Uh, joined the joined the dark side. Went to Suburban Blue Wings. Bizarre, but anyway, I guess that's another conversation for later on in the season if he doesn't get a game. Um, is that going to be? I mean, was he the man who kind of? Because uh, you said that scoring goals was a problem last year. So, so was he the man who who kind of kept you from maybe propping up the table? I mean, do you think it's going to be a huge loss, or is it is it a kind of like one of those things that we'll get over? I think we'll go over. It. Um, he was a good keeper he made good saves but he was consistent he wasn't wow there was no, wasn't wow factor wow saves I think most of the saves he made he should have done yeah. he just probably faced more than would have been ideal um, and last season was the first season he's played more than 12 games a year or something so you know he, he'd been a reserve at Pohang for quite a while 
then he, I think he spells it Inchon and Dejon or maybe Degu. So he, he did well. He definitely agree with the fans' player of the year, but I don't think it'd be a massive, massive loss. Okay. So I mean, obviously we were talking about the Butchon trip as as the first uh, away game or the first game of the season. Who's your first home game against? First home game was against Busan. Busan, wow, okay. Yes. Is that two games in, three games in? Second. Second, Second game, game, right? Okay. So um, that should be an interesting one because uh, the new Busan manager, uh, Joel Dokje, I believe, used to be the Suwon FC manager, whose manager took them up to K1 and brought them back down as well. But um, so be interesting that I imagine you'll get a good reception. Uh, they usually do. They yeah. usually do. And he's actually Wikipedia's your friend here. He was a he was a bit of a legend at Busan when they were the Daewoo Royals. Okay. They played over 200 games for them. So uh, I'll be interested in him coming back to see the kind of reception he gets. But I don't imagine it'll be nasty. Yeah. And he, he has taken a few Sony FC players there, although they were fringe players. So yeah, I don't think there's huge losses either. Yeah, I've been watching. They, they've signed a few players, but no one. They. From what I can see, there's been no one huge. Like they brought back one of their, their old legends, uh, I think a striker or, or a forward enemy. He'd been there for like several years. He'd been out of contract for the last couple of seasons and they brought him back. Um, but I mean, I mean Pusan are, are the team that everyone thinks it should be. You know, like, I mean, they're the only, well, I guess not, not the only Chebal team now, but they're, they're only, you know, they've been the only Chebal, kind of Chebal team in the K2 in the last couple of years so um, yeah I mean they've, they've sorely disappointed they don't seem to have lost too many players I mean I, I've not all over transfers and ins and outs I say there's so many of them yeah. it's hard to keep up but I don't think they've lost too many players and I believe Homolo's still there so he, he's, he's uh, at this point in time he's still there and I think the guy maybe turned the ring back he junked up was it he was in the national team for a spell under yeah. Stelica I think he was in loan in Japan last year so he's back um Busan would be up there with the favourites, I'd imagine, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, talking about games, I mean, is there a team, you know, that when the fixture this came out, was there a, a game that you instantly searched for? So, like, for example, you know, like when, like when the Song Nam fixture this came out, the first game I looked for was, was they blew wings away, you know, it's like the first fixture that every Song Nam fan wants to, to, to kind of go to, you know, like when we're back home and you see the Celtic fixture, it's like the, the first game was obviously Motherwell away, right? Um, but anyway, they, was it a game that came up where you were just like, that's the one I want to see, that's the game I want to go to? Truthfully not. Do you have it? Okay, that's what I was I going mean, to say. That, that's the kind of thing that I find kind of hard. There is no real rivalry a team to hate right. uh, in the K2. I mean, there's, there's loads of Kyungido teams. There's Anyang, uh, uh, Asan, Ansan, uh, Buchan, even Elan, just along the road. Some of them have now gone up. But there was no real, you didn't feel a real rivalry okay. against anyone. Is it, is it a stadium that you don't want to go to, that having been there? Uh, and remember, it's, it's a family podcast, so if it is Jamshill, please please keep the swearing down, yeah? Going to Jamshill is a horrible place to go. It is uh, a horrible place to go. Although, in fairness, we went there the last game of the season, and they'd, they'd done up the stadium. Look, we went in the middle of June, or the end of June. The chairs were all getting ripped out, and right. a bit of a mess. Yeah. Uh, but the biggest problem is the job for the stewards and stuff. Uh, when we went in the last game of the season, uh, New seats were in and it was a much nicer experience, but still, you know, the, the job work and watching every mouthful yeah. that you eat or drink is a bit of a pain in the ass. Okay, so uh, team that you want to play, the, the team who you think that you had the edge over last year that you'll that you hopefully you'll continue that edge this year? Well, for a team that lost 20 league games, there's not many who had the edge over. Uh, I, I was looking at this the other night and there was no team that we beat every game. Um, and I think actually our best record was against Busan. Okay. Which is bizarre, but I believe we played them four times, one, two, and drew one. Um, but I'm more interested in the, the likes of Buchon, Anyang, Eland. Uh, these are the teams we need, we need to take points off them yeah. if we really have realistic hopes of, of going up. Um, or, or getting the playoffs, I think, is more yeah. realistic. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a big thing. I mean, it's like, from what I remember from the last year with Suwon FC, is that they, unfortunately, you know, they were drawing or losing games that they really needed to be taking full points. And I mean, the games against, I mean, we did the same as well. I mean, like we played Elan four times and only won once, right? Yeah. Lost three, lost two, drew one or something like that, right? 
Um, and those are, and those are the games that you've got to be winning if you're going to be in the playoffs. If you're going to be, you know, I mean, being second is an advantage because you know you you play your game at home. So if if you are going to you know finish second or you know challenge for the title, you've got to be winning against the Anyangs and the Butchons yeah. and that, yeah, and the Ansans obviously as well. Um, you mentioned Asan. Uh, Asan are kind of back, kind of not. Yeah, maybe not, are, maybe no aren't. Um, so the, I think the latest story that I read on the Tavern website was that they've been granted permission to play with the players that they have with the with the with the approval or the I don't know with the agreement that they will transfer to a citizen club at some point in time during the season during the season that's what it sounds like I'm not really sure either during the season or by the end of the year I'm not really sure Uh, but they are starting the season with like Jose John uh, and those kind of guys still over from from last year who are going to leave in June so I don't know what is going to happen when we get midway through the year yeah I mean I had a brief look at some other sites um, and they brought in loads of players again with none apparently leaving Um, so who knows you know like you say if, if your man Joe Sejong Joe Sejong sorry I don't quite remember the name is still there he's, he's a great player obviously a national team player um, but if we only got him for 3-4 months then, then who knows but it, it's a messy one but hopefully after this season everyone will be clarified and we'll know where we're going from it ok ok um, so I guess uh, the, 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 the other main thing to talk about is uh, John Am coming down uh, who, who are a, an official Chebol club they are yeah. sponsored by or, or owned by Costco um, do you think I mean everyone thought Pusan would go back up first year they didn't everyone thought Songnam would go back up first year they didn't uh, do you think John Am are the stick-ons for the title I don't think it's stick-ons um, and I think they've got a new Brazilian manager if I'm not mistaken um, yeah they've got a, a foreign manager definitely so you know depend how he adapts to it or how his his ideas are going to be different from the majority of Korean managers who seem to have similar ideas um, they should be up there favourites but I wouldn't necessarily be much far ahead of Busan and Daejeon for me okay. Daejeon obviously losing with Bang and Bomb will be a, a big loss but again no one had him for <coughs> a month or two at the end of the last yeah. season so yeah. um, and it, uh, who have uh, time to spend that money I don't know okay. they're obviously going to be favourites well, up there with the favourites but stick-ons I wouldn't say that ok so well, kind of realistic expectations for, for Suwon this year realistically um, again and this let us say we've no idea how all these ins and outs are affecting all the teams realistically I'm thinking last playoff place maybe okay. you know, at the edges of the playoff and hopefully this year we'll know how many teams will be in the playoff Absolutely. and when they'll be in it so that we actually don't end up having three or four teams play for maybe nothing maybe everything right that'd be great yeah. and I guess in my final question just before we wrap it up and the music gets even louder than it's been getting um, expectation for Suwon was last playoffs spot yeah. expectation for Kid B when is he making the Suwon FC debut ah it's a long way away um, <laughs> he has started this is, I mean he's now in March you start 6th grade the elementary school so he's now officially under 12s uh, he's got this year to, to prove himself to, to see if he can stay and move on to the middle school programme or if he's not progressed enough I don't know it's, it's very much up in the air I mean okay. um, he's trying hard but he's, he's, there is limitations um, they've got a new manager uh, who's actually a, a female manager yep. which is kind of unusual for the, the time I've spent watching with football it's, you don't see too many although I did see FC Anya who had a middle school female manager the other week um, I've also saw a couple of training sessions, a couple of practice matches. I like her style. She's pretty ruthless, which okay. uh, which I, I actually quite like. I think some of them need. But uh, yeah, who knows? It, if he makes it, great. If he doesn't, that's that's the way it goes. Um, let's just enjoy the ride. Okay. But what well, I mean, like one of the things that both me and the Phantom commented on is that you know if he does make it, he's going to be a fan favourite straight away because I mean the way he was reacting at, at Ansan when you scored that last minute run or something and you were jumping and cheering and, and, and he was celebrating with his mate as well it was like pretty fantastic because I mean obviously everyone knows who he is already so if he does make it yeah he's going to be the poster child I think yeah we've got to go yet but who knows and of course you can read about his his training exploits so far on our blog as well yeah that's right yeah okay sweet excellent okay Joe thank you very much it's a pleasure talking to you again I'm sure we'll have you on maybe before the season starts or maybe roughly around the first weekend yeah no problem just give me a bit of time to do my research well done Cheers.
Okay, that was pretty interesting. Um, as you might know, I'm not the biggest fan of K2, but uh, it's always good to keep in touch with what's going on and sort of keep ahead with the trends. Uh, and actually, the Prediction League this year is going to have K2 fixtures in it, so okay. I guess I better start paying more attention. Yep. Well, no, keep paying the same amount of attention so we can beat you this year. Talking of the Prediction League, okay. uh, on Saturday I met up with one of the big fans of the podcast, uh, and one, someone who did quite well in the Prediction League last year, uh, who shall remain anonymous. Me? Uh, and it turns out that he's anonymously been moneyballing us, and that was why he was able to do so well. So he, he uh, analysed some statistics to do with football uh, and made his picks accordingly. Okay. And it almost worked out for him. Typical American, eh? <laughs> Christ. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's why, I, you know, that's, that's enough to make me want to storm up a mountain. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can't think who you're talking about. But uh, bad news, he, he wasn't going to participate this year. Because he's not going to be here for the whole year, right? Because he's only, he's only around until May. Okay. Uh, but then I explained some of the new things we're doing in this year's Prediction League, and he was like, oh, you, you're hooking me in, you're reeling me in. Okay, so we'll see if he joins, yeah? So, yeah, so he's looking forward to predi- predicting K2 fixtures, uh, and we'll also have some interesting bonus questions, one of which will be how many matches the, the, five, of, the five people associated with 48 Shades attend this calendar year. Okay, so those five people are uh, you. Yep. Me. Yep. The Phantom. Yep. The Chief. Yep. Uh, and Dumbarton Tam. Dumbarton Tam, the Chief. Not no, the Chief, Ken Kenny. Um, so, um, wait, do you want to hazard a guess how many games we might attend between the five of us? Couple hundred. So any any senior game, right? Any senior game of football in any league. So we're talking in any country. K one through K three. Uh, if you happen to be in Australia, UK, any any games you go to, um, international games, women's games. Women's games too? Yeah. Oh, wow. Reserve games? Nah. I know the Phantom's partial to a bit of Reserve League. Yeah, but then he has to remember where he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a little bit too much to ask, I think. <laughs> well, he tweets anyway, so. Yeah, I guess, I guess. So this is a calendar year, so starting from January 1st. So theoretically, have, it's you, not zero. have you been to any games yet this year? I haven't, but I know someone who has. I haven't either, because the game I went to was like last week of December. Yep, I haven't but been, but I know someone who has. So, so, so. the the, uh, the counter's ticking on. But anyway, okay. what's your what's your guess? What's your baseline guess? 250. 250 between five of us Yeah. in one year. That's like 50 games each. Yeah, I would have thought but that's more if you give me time. 150. <laughs> So 30 games each. 30 games each. Okay. That's not going to happen. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. Okay. So, Prediction League, when will we be up and ready? Just the, the week of the start of the season or the, a couple of weeks before we give people time? or um, It'll probably be up sometime next week. Okay. Um, just in the process of inputting the K2 fixtures, which came out rather late. And I didn't realise it would be such a chore to add fixtures after I'd already input the K1 ones. So. Okay. okay. Uh, talking in the Prediction League, obviously the Asian Cup one is done and dusted. Congratulations to the Seasider who won by quite a margin. Yeah, I didn't even look at it after the bonus points were done, to be honest. The, the Yeah, he, he did particularly well on the bonus points, which I think he got. He probably beat um, King Kenny by 10 points and he got probably 10 points more on the bonus round. Oh, okay. So. okay. Quite interesting because King Kenny was utterly hopeless at K1. Yeah. But yeah, he goes on about how he doesn't actually like the Korean national team, so <laughs> interesting one, that one. Whereas on the other hand, I did quite well at K1, and I'm hopeless at the World Cup one we did and the Asian Cup one. So. Yeah, I was third in the, fourth in the K1 and sixth or seventh. I don't, I don't know, I didn't check it, as I said, after, after the bonus question, so we'll see. I'm not quite sure where I ended up after the bonuses, yeah. Okay, so we'll get that up and done as quickly as possible. Just also as part of that question, we will officially, formally announce the 48 Shades team uh, and what they'll be covering and who they are uh, later on before probably by the end of next week once we get everyone all finalised on board okay and did you per chance send out the the winning prize for the winners of last year's K-League yeah prediction competition no point the first first game hasn't started last last year's 
Yep, first game hasn't started. They'll receive the prize before the first game starts. Hey, I'm not going to. I'm I'm encouraging drinking responsibly. I do not encourage getting smashed over Christmas and New Year and Lunar New Year. So now that the New Years have passed, the gift will be on its way. Um, it should be used in a football stadium that I'm present <laughs> in. Also, something which uh, I met a, a newcomer to Korea on Saturday, and he was asking which team he should support. You okay. might have seen I put a, a, tw- a poll up on Twitter. Yeah, but you stopped it at four teams that are honking, so... I think you can only put four four choices in there. Yeah, A and others should have been the fourth one. I, well, I didn't, I didn't realise it was going to limit me to four, yeah. and I couldn't go back and... So, it was... Yeah, I could... But which one would I have left out? Anyan? Anyan wasn't a choice, was it? It's Puchon. Puchon? Puchon, Two Souls and Inchon. Oh, Anyang was there, right? Oh, that's why I didn't choose one, because if Anyang had been there, I'd have chosen Anyang. <laughs> I chose baseball. <laughs> <laughs> the Phantom chose Spurs. But I think it'll be interesting to have him on at one point for a quick chat yep, about what, what, what sort of thought process he went through in choosing a team and uh, how he feels about it now that well, once the choice has been made. Sounds good, sounds uh, good. But that's something for the future. We've still okay. got plenty of stuff to talk about tonight. Okay. Um, stats stats okay so the K-League website has put up their official stats of um, stats of last year right yeah team of the year passer goal scoring all those kind of things well that stuff was all there it's been for a while yeah but this week they brought out what they call their 2018 technical report okay which is a 60 page uh, dossier shall we say Okay. Of all things K League, um, and it's quite impressive to be honest. I mean, it's quite boring, but okay. the, the amount of effort they put into it is, okay. is quite, and it's actually quite well designed as well. It's not like they've just put a few tables in Excel and posted them. They've got photos and graphics and everything. So, uh, anything you want to know about 2018 K League? Yeah, I'd love to know who who is their official or maybe not official, but yeah, they're their official team of the year from the K One. Team of the year, um, so they've picked uh, a four-four-two formation. Um, interestingly enough, it's not a valid team because they've got six foreigners in it. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's that's the first thing I noticed as well. I was like, that's a lot of non-Korean faces in that picture. Um, three from Kyungnam, three from Chon Chonbuk. Uh, what two from Ulsan, one each from Suwon, Tegu, and Incheon. Okay. Well, technically, the guy from Suwon, Bluebanks, was obviously mostly for Sangju, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, anyway, anyone you disagree with there? So I'll go through. You have got Cho Hyun from Taegu, hundred percent. Hong Chol from Sangju Sang uh, Suwon. Hard to disagree with that one. Richard from Ulsan. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't watch a lot of. I didn't watch Ulsan a lot uh, last year, to be honest. But he did seem to be a fan favorite at the very least. So I would, I would assume, yeah, that's probably probably accurate enough. Um, then uh, the other Kim Min Jae the other centre back hard to argue with that one Lee Young at left back hard to argue with that one as well yeah uh, then you've got in midfield you've got Nigeba from Kyungnam uh, Choi Young Jun also from Kyungnam okay he was like uh, he's listed somewhere else in the report for like having twice as many tackles as anyone else so. uh, Aguilar from Incheon yep Lopez from Chumbuk yeah I mean Lopez is a strange one. I, I kind of thought he would he, he might be on his last legs to yeah. be honest, but he seemed to have had a, a pretty a pretty decent season last year. Uh, so yeah, and Aguilar impressed every time I watched him. Might not agree with the two forwards, but I guess we'll get to, to them in a second. Uh, well, I agree with one obviously, but maybe not the other one. But yeah, I think Aguilar. Yeah, I, I think he 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 deserved his move to Jeju. He he definitely looked a cut above most of the players on the Incheon pitch. So I'm going to assume that you agree with uh, Mai Kong. Of course, who would not? From Kyungnam. But you don't agree with Junior from Ulsan. I just, honestly, haven't spent a little bit more time watching Incheon than probably most other K1 teams, to be honest. Uh, I would have gone with Magosa up front. I think Magosa was a was a pretty a pretty decent striker. He, he started well, tailed off a little bit in the middle and then came back strong again at the end. So, uh, again, Junior did seem to score a lot of goals for Ulsan, but for me... Yeah, I think given what Magosa was playing with and beside Aguilera and Munsung Min, 
apart from those two, uh, I think he did exceptionally well yeah. in, his, in, in his debut season. But uh, I think this is all done on like hard analysis of numbers. So yeah, you're, you're sort of they've done technical analysis to figure out this is the, the best combination. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've moneyballed it as you said earlier. Yeah, basically. So talking of uh, like football stats, one of the big things we've seen introduced recently is this whole XG thing, right? Ex- expected goals. Yeah. So they've done analysis for that. And what they found out is that Malcolm, who we were just talking about, scored 26 goals in the K-League this season. But his uh, expected goals was tally was only 16. Okay. So he uh, obviously did a lot, lot, lot better than you'd expect. Um, Jerich, who finished second, was 19, or 24 goals out of 19 expected. And then when you, once you start going down, you, you mentioned Mugosa, right? He, he got 19 goals out of 15 expected. Okay. Um, uh, people like Dayan were like roughly sort of, I think he got 12, did he? Something like that this year. And that, that was his expected goal yeah. tally. So okay. just no better or worse than you'd expect. But Maokong, pretty good, right, to get 10, yeah. 10 yeah. more goals. He was, had an exceptional season, an absolutely fantastic season. And he made all, all that arrogance at the start of the season when he claimed that he was going to finish uh, top goal scorer. He was going to go for the golden boot, blah, blah, blah. It kind of made it all make sense. There was a guy who obviously knew he was he was good enough to do it. And yeah, he he definitely tore the Kaelic apart last year. Yeah. Difficult to argue with that. Uh, yeah. So, and they also do like some like heat maps of people's shooting for some, for, I think they compared uh, Mao Kong, Dayan and uh, the Wookiee. So you can see where they took their shots from and where those shots went. Uh, sort of heat match which is quite good okay. you see that Dayan's shooting is all over the place like uh, and I mean he shoots from everywhere not as in his shooting is he shoots from everywhere and they go everywhere ok, okay right. Malcolm shoots from everywhere and they, they're more sort of concentrated ok uh, and the Wookiee shoots from basically around the goal line and they go everywhere ok <laughs> um, one other thing it's another interesting um, stat they analyse each team's formations across the the, the season okay. uh, and what their their win lo- win draw loss record was with each formation so what would you say Songnam's typical formation is uh, it's one up front four at the back and then a combination in the midfield of I don't know three is, it, is that three two two or three something like that two three four two three four two three one they used nine times they got three wins five draws and one loss out of it okay that makes a bit of sense yeah um, what formation was getting the most wins in because that's what they did that, that's what they started the season playing 3-4-2-1 6 wins 1 draw 1 loss that's what they started the season playing and then I think when Yoon Young Sun came back he switched their back 4 uh, their worst formation was 4-3-3 1 win 1 draw 2 losses okay, that's when we were probably desperate <laughs> but yeah he generally put the one up front for the most part and these like two holding midfielders in front of the defenders um, not a big fan of it but yeah the one up front was working I think Jung Sung Min I believe was the top goal scorer with only 10 goals but then again he scored more goals than the top place goal scorer I guess so they got Song Nam got a 60% win record with that form with their most used formation which is a lot better than Anyang who only got 35% win record with their most used formation what was Suwon FC? So what their win record? Yeah, sixty-five percent win record with their main formation, which was four-three-three, used ten times. That's incredible because six wins, one draw, three losses. If you ask the chief that, he would never agree with that. Uh, what would he say then? Well, he would say that their win ratio was was like so much lower. But I guess they just kept changing the formation. That'll be their home win. That'll be their home formation against their away formation. I guarantee you. Because their home record was pretty strong, and their away record was honking the bad. It was terrible. Well, uh, well, their next two most common formations was four two three one, where they had the three wins and six losses, and then three four two one with two wins and five losses. That's probably what so. probably would, probably would have played away from home then. My boys most common used four three three eighteen okay. times. Okay. Forty one percent win record with it. Yeah, probably sums up. Five wins, five draws, eight losses. Yeah, that probably sums up uh, Seoul's season, right? Yeah. Who had the best win formation in the K1? Um, that would be Kyungnam. Okay. They got 71% win record playing 4-4-2, which they used 26 times. 
Okay. And I'm going to assume, just based on the fact that they got relegated, I guess John Am was at the bottom? Uh, yeah, they were down there. Down with, uh, yeah, they were actually bottom. Sangju also quite close. Um, they only used their, their, their 12 times they used their sort of most common formation, which was a 4-2-3-1. Uh, they got four wins and eight losses. Okay. So a lot of teams are playing this one up front then, right? Yep. Um, you can see of the K1 teams, uh, five, five of them had a, a one up front as their most common formation, including Chumbuk, Ulsan, uh, Kangwon, uh, Chunnam, Sangju. So, uh, Suwon apparently used a 3 4 3 formation as their most common formation. Believe it or not, I'm sure if you asked a certain Suwon now, Seoul stroke Gimpo based. Uh, Blue Wings fan he would agree with that because he was always bleating about something online I never really read it but he was always complaining about a formation going absolutely crazy about it uh, I think that was the formation that they, they, they kept putting up on the um, you know like on the Twitter feed right yep. like whoever was choosing the, you know like, like you know like when they picked the teams but that's not actually the teams submitted list that's just what they put up and he was always complaining about it so it would sound as if that was their formation, yeah? It was that 3-4-3? Three, three. Um, apart from that, there's a couple of things I want to go through. The average K-League attack starts uh, roughly just around, just past the centre circle, uh, and lasts 7.4 seconds. Okay. So 7.4 seconds? Yeah. Is that an attack? Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's sorry, the average, uh, the average goal-scoring attack. Okay. Yeah, so the average attack which leads to a goal is 7.4 seconds and it starts from just around the centre circle. That's just like a pump up the pitch basically, right? 102 goals scored outside the box, 501 goals scored inside the box, uh, 145 left foot shots, 348 right foot, 110 headers. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing if I didn't know in the K-League is two-footed, right? <laughs> um, just one thing I wanted to say is that yeah, obviously a couple of years ago the K-League changed the uh, the way the league tables decided mm-hmm. to go from goals goal difference to goals scored uh, and since that time the average goals have gone up from sort of 42 which it was in 2014 45 2015 uh, and now it's sort of 52 51 last three years so, so it is improving clearly had an effect okay um, in you look at goal scorers Chombuk had three Sort of goal scorers in double figures, including E. Dongguk, of course. Yep. Ten years in a row, he's got double figures. Okay. Um, every other team was basically reliant on one player. Yeah. So Maokong got 26. The next best was Kim Hyogi with seven. Uh, Junior got 22 for Ulsan. Next best was Hang Sung Yoo for f- with five. So yeah. So Jongguk basically have well, as we know, the, the the better team, but they obviously kind of rely more on team players as opposed to other teams that have the, the kind of one up front the uh, one goal scorer yeah and congratulations must go to Pak Ji-yong who was the third highest goal scorer at Seoul with three goals for the season well done Pak <laughs> all three of them were penalties I get you I guarantee much, much maligned penalties are free kicks I guarantee you yeah, yeah. okay sweet um, okay. and there's a whole bunch of other information in there so I would encourage you to go on and look at it and we might be taking you through some of it either next week or maybe even we'll put some of my stuff up on the blog uh, the website over the course of the weekend uh, definitely we'll, you'll definitely see the formations up at some point soon and of course definitely the team of the year has got to go up as me and Paul we might put our team of the years up to see if you would agree or disagree with the K-League yeah because for example um, it says that Seoul's average possession time is 22 seconds uh, but they don't really do much with it, right? Yeah. Whereas Chumbuk lose the ball within 18. Well, they, they get rid of the ball within 18 seconds. So, uh, yeah. Um, just before we wrap up, uh, Kaylee will also put other statistics out. Um, we often complain about Kaylee not being shown on the TV enough. Um, I think last year we looked at the kind of TV sponsorship deal and how it worked out. Uh, and they've also put out a report saying what the value uh gained by its sponsors was in terms of exposure on TV and, and media and online etc etc you want to take a guess what the perceived value of the K-League was to the sponsors 100 million <laughs> yeah. 
You're a good mathematician. <laughs> Did I get it right? Yeah, it was, well, depending on what exchange rate you're using. But yeah, it's roughly 100 million. 100 million one? Is that right? Six orc. No, yeah, orcs, $500,000, right? 6.5. No, a billion. Okay. Billion dollars. Is that right? No. Yukishibok is 6 million, 60 million, 100 million, yeah. 100 million. 100 million dollars. Yep. Fantastic. So what that do you was, do with that 100 million dollars then? It's not, that's not the money they got. That was the benefit that the sponsors accrued by sponsoring the K-League and being, having their advertising shown on TV and okay. in newspapers and things like that. So, um, for like they obviously they broadcast certain K League games on TV, and it was calculated that of those games, uh, there was four hundred and twenty four games televised, uh, of which which gave a mass audience of about six million people, and that equates to a value of uh, $60-$70 million dollars. Okay, I have no idea where they get that 424 games televised from. That, that, that must mean highlights packages being shown on Sport TV. I mean, Sport TV shows every single game multiple times. Yeah. So that so, must be Sport TV they're talking about. Yeah. So, or it must be on the day that Sport TV is shown a game and SBS Sports is shown the same game, that must count as two, right? So sponsors' logos were visible during the, this season for 1,380 hours, 9 minutes and 9 seconds. Okay. I still don't think it's televised anywhere near enough. So, <laughs> Well, you can take it up. Yeah, but we'll see what happens in the future. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, but it's just going to get less and less, I would imagine, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, sweet. Okay, anything else to add from it? Uh, what from this report? Yeah. Um, no. It's, again, it's on. It's online. So go ahead and read it. Okay, sweet. Anything else for today's show? ACL playoffs started this week. Okay. Did you see any of them? None at all. I, it was Lunar New Year. I was drinking for three days. So this is like the preliminary round, yeah. right? Well, so it was team from the Philippines against a team from Myanmar, team from Singapore against a team from uh, <laughs> somewhere. Okay. Indonesia. Okay. Uh, and uh, as far as I'm aware, the stronger team plays at home, right? Yeah. But both home teams lost. Okay. So we could get to see some different blood, uh, at least in the next round anyway, because <laughs> then they'll get destroyed by the favourites being at home, right? So I assume that means that the next round's probably this week. Next week, I assume, yeah. Uh, who do you fancy to win? The teams that are home. Okay, against the trend so far. Yeah, um, I have I have not watched it. I have no idea about it. I have nothing to say until until such times as I'm I'm actually watching a game. And that's not going to be until March. You're just not a proper football fan, are you? I'm not until I go down to Daegu. I'm going to go and watch Daegu versus Guangzhou. Until then, the ACL doesn't exist. It's a bit harsh. I, I, I actually I, yeah, I have nothing I've nothing to say about it, about the the Premier rounds. If you do, that's all fine and good. This Tuesday sees Newcastle Jets playing Persija Jakarta. Newcastle win. Uh, we're going to East Asia, right? Chiang Rai United of Thailand playing against Yangon United of Myanmar. No idea, but Thai team probably. Bangkok United of Thailand playing Hanoi TNT of Vietnam. Hanoi TNT. Perak of uh, Malaysia playing against Kitchi of Hong Kong. Oh, Kitchi will win that one. I assume they're from Malaysia. Don't know to be honest. But yeah, that's it. Okay. And then K-League teams will come in after that. Yep. And it'll be... Yeah, so they'll come after that and then obviously then all the groups will be finalised. As I said, uh, first big game for me is going to be Daegu Stadium. Daegu's new stadium taking on Guangzhou Evergrande, which I'm looking forward to. I can't remember the exact date, but March 14, 15 or something, I think it is. Around that time? Uh, first, 17 maybe? First group game? No, nope, first game I'm going to. Uh, is Daegu Evergrande. Oh, is that qualifier? No, no, that's oh, group game. First, oh, it's the first, yeah, yeah. It's not, not, not the first, but the first for Daegu. Yeah, it's the first first home game, yeah. They're away 
first game in the group and then home second game. And because it's Evergrande, I'm going to go. And of course, I guess there'll be a, a big one now that uh, John Booker playing Be- Beijing Goyan, right? We'll see what happens, I guess, Yeah. that one as well. But I guess we'll get the ACL group games once we're a, a little bit closer to finding out who's playing who. Okay, just time for choose an outro. Um, talks about a wide right range of things today. What what caught, sort of caught your eye that's outro worthy? Uh, outro worthy? That you can also link to a song. So if uh, you can link a, sto- a song to a technical report or statistics, then... Formations? There's got to be a song about formations, right? Formations. Formations Army. Sounds good to me. By, by the White Stripes. Is that the White Stripes? Someone of like that sounds absolutely perfect. Formations Army it is. Fantastic. Take it away, Henry. Army couldn't hold me back.